0: This is the squared Call podcast, with Mark Morris and Jared Meruyama.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris, and with me, Mr. Jared Maruyama. We are back from DesignerCon 2017.
0: Not, Jared. not even 24 hours since uh, DesignerCon, <laughs> and here we are recording again.
1: Yep. Just a generic question. How was DesignerCon for you this year?
0: Uh, <laughs> Very broad. Very <laughs> broad go <laughs> it was great it's always great i love designer con it's the only <laughs> show i do every year i don't do any of the other cons or any other art shows because um for me it's mostly about like hanging out and seeing uh these artist friends that you only see at uh, these events and, um, you know, not so much about selling, but that is obviously a part of it. Um, but you know, seeing people who you um, talk to online mostly, whether that's fans or uh, other artists or even like guests we've had on the show. Um, so that was, that's the best part.
1: Oh, you know what, that you mentioned that. So we, Jared and I had a little conversation about what we're going to talk before, but you just said like guests that we've had on. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that because, you know, this is a good thing. Our booth, uh, the Squared Co. booth, was pretty busy throughout the convention. Um, mm. So we had a couple of guests stop by, but it sucked because, you know, there was interactions um, and transactions going on with customers that we didn't really yeah. get the opportunity to talk. But Bill Robinson came by. Uh, Benson came by. Um, but I didn't really get a, that much time to talk with them. But I do appreciate them stopping by. and It was really nice to actually connect and see them in person.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's funny because, you know, you're there all day. So you have these like ups and downs in the booth, right? Sometimes you're super busy and sometimes yeah. you're just standing there, but it seems like whenever someone comes by that you want to talk to, <laughs> yep. that's when you got a million people trying to buy stuff or ask questions. And, yeah. you know, I mean, these artists, they do shows, they, they know what happens and how it yeah, yeah stuff, totally. So they're nice about it. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to like, I barely got to talk to Bill, but uh, it was nice to see him. And, um, you know, Tony and Chris even came over from their booth and and uh, it's even yeah. harder when you're actually exhibiting to, to try to get away and oh, yeah. run over I, to other people. I didn't, booths.
1: didn't I didn't make it through the convention at all. I think during the like the last hour I probably could have, but I was so beat from on the last day to to make the rounds.
0: Well, yeah, you had uh, So let's talk about your booth, because you had quite the booth. Like, this is the (laughs) biggest—well, it's like—this isn't the first show, right? We said this is the second? So,
1: yeah, last year when we—oh, I didn't even say happy anniversary, Jared. Yes. Decon is our anniversary date. (laughs) Even though it comes with different days every year, it's just going to be Decon weekend is our anniversary. That's Um, right. So I'm actually in hot water because I didn't get you a gift for Uh, our our one-year anniversary. Yep. I'll have to make it up to you next time I see right. you. Um, but um, yeah, so last year was our first and actually split a booth. So I only had a table at at DesignerCon. This year was the first, really the first convention where we had our own 10 by 10 booth space mm-hmm. to really do whatever we wanted. Um, so I think we mentioned in the last episode or, you know, in the previous ones that uh, I had invested in getting some portable walls built. So the idea was to have kind of an on-site gallery within our booth.
0: So I will say this. It looked great <laughs> because it looked clean and it looked uh, distinct. You know, you definitely stood out um, because, well, I mean, it looked, you, you didn't look like just another table in a row of tables, which I think makes a big difference. Um, mm-hmm. But my only complaint would be one, they were so heavy. And that's only for people, <laughs> for people who had to either break down or set up, which is just which was you. you and me, yeah, basically. And uh, I didn't like those little feet sticking out where I almost tripped on it and killed myself you know what's, in front of th- everybody. It's so
1: funny. You kept saying stuff about that. Like, oh, that's dangerous. And you're literally the only one that tripped over it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you're lucky so. you dodged a bullet there.
1: <laughs> nah, lawsuit lost right there, right?
0: So how was it setting up? Because I know it was rough for you because I wasn't there for setup because you were super late, like incredibly late. <laughs> um,
1: so, you know, in theory, it's always like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do all this stuff before. It's going to I'm just going to show up and put it up and it's all good. So I was doing scrambling so much like last minute to get all the like the pins put together, get all the prints ready and assembled and like just organize every all the products that mm-hmm. all like the actual booth design and setup got basically pushed off until we showed up. I initially wanted to have all the we put so we hung the frames on the walls and they're just stuck up there by command strips. So yeah. I was su- supposed to put them up at home with the command strips in place so that when I arrived there, I just pop the frames on instead of having right. to like, you know, level them and do all that stuff. Right. Uh, Not even so, close. Not even. Yeah. Close. That we showed up with bare walls with no command strips ready and like frames ready to be hung. So I had to do that all on site. Um, yes. It's it just tur- I mean, I think it turned out OK, but it was definitely I think I mentioned this in the last episode, too. I should start panicking and start really, really getting everything together like two months out instead of two yes. weeks out. So that was yeah. the big the big learning uh, curve this year. I think.
0: There should be like a cutoff of like October 1st for any like, uh, you know, any, any sort kind of finishing yeah, work like that should all be done. And then the last month should just be literally packing and getting re- getting ready to well, take it over.
1: So what happened with me the last week was like, okay, I want to do this promo image. Like, oh crap, I forgot this sign that needs to go on the table. And then, oh, I got to have a, this, uh, poster thing. And then like a sales tax sign, all this other little tiny things that just yeah. add up, like every individual task may take 30 minutes to an hour, but when you have a handful of those, it takes up a whole day just to get those things lined up and ready to
0: go. I mean, I'm sure it'll be easier next year because you, you have an idea of, you know, what's needed. I mean, I yeah. probably should create a list of some sort of like, now. you know, everything you need <laughs> to pre- Yeah. Because you'll forget again by the time this rolls around. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm interested
1: but- in. Looking into doing a few more shows, maybe adding like mm. one every year, and just see like how. Like a that, con, like a specific, yeah. So like I yeah. I know you kind of um checked out Anime Expo last this a couple months ago, and mm-hmm. that might be a good one because I don't, we're not going to make it to Comic Con. I think the cutoff has already happened. If you want to be an exhibitor,
0: well, maybe WonderCon. That that might be a little bit um yeah doable. Yeah,
1: I'm not Grossly. sure. I got to. But anyways, I want to look into doing another one, but I should create like a a running con checklist. So yeah, anytime we do a new one, I just update it to that specific show with whatever Mm -hmm. new products we have or however the booth setup is. Well, another thing too, if, so, you know, they had the Pin Pal Palooza at Gallery Nucleus the week before Decon, Right. So that's like a... much different setup. It's very small. Like, you get a six-foot table, I think, and maybe, like, enough room for a banner behind you. Uh So I should have a checklist for, like, small craft fair stuff like that, and then big size. So, like, we'll have a small, medium, and large booth checklist going, um, just in case we get invited or have the opportunity to do one of those other types of shows.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, if you start with the big one, like, I mean, I think DesignerCon is probably... I mean, it's not the biggest convention as far as conventions go, but as far as your setup, right? Um, like that's a good general thing to start with though. And then you can either expand or, you know, shrink down from that. Uh, but like the signage wouldn't change. You'd still need signage for, you know, everything. And yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. It's hard to say. I guess it does depend on how, uh, like how big your booth is and how many tables and that kind of thing.
1: So I've been stealing all the, the airtime here so far talking about my booth. What's, uh, (laughs) your booth setup is pretty streamlined and I feel stupid because it took me way longer than it should have. And I think I got there and you had already been done for like three hours.
0: Well, yeah, but you had to set up an actual booth. I had a side table, so I was sharing with, uh, Jared Shore, who was on the show and, um, Vanessa Ramirez, who does these little cute, um, sculptures Mm -hmm. of these little creatures um so they had a table that they shared and then i had the side table like last year uh with all my stuff the only problem with my stuff is that it's all prints it's all flat art uh so unless you have that wall behind you to display or walls like you where it's created it's really Mm -hmm. difficult to display a lot of stuff and um you know for me i find half the battle is uh getting people to stop and look at your stuff. And if you don't have that stuff sort of out, it's really difficult to get people to come and flip through things or, you know, move things around to see them. So that that's always my challenge with a small table like that. Um, And I have not devised a good system other than putting out free candy, which you'd be (laughs) amazed (laughs) how well that works. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. We had two Halloween like sized bags of candy, and we yeah. were down to like three pieces by um, Sunday night. So oh, it we was were crazy. like,
0: we had a ton of it. Like we had a stop on Saturday just so we'd have candy to put out on Sunday. <laughs> but um, that really helped because people take the candy and they feel a little guilty. Like if they're going to take the candy, they should at least look at what right, you're selling. Right. <laughs> so it's amazing how well that works. But um, what are, I'm what are some other? Really,
1: Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying I'm hoping next year to um, to be a little bit more elaborate. I say this every year. But next year I hope to be a little bit more elaborate with my table and my setup and really think it through and try to work on sort of branding it more instead of it just being a table of junk, you know? So, we'll see.
1: <laughs> well, I think you'll always have a table of junk no matter what your are like. That's booth right. But the like. the
0: table should look nice. <laughs>
1: there you go. Um but were there like aside from the things you already mentioned, were there some like big tips or tricks that you've learned that you want to apply? For next year, either from seeing another person's booth or just coming across problems that you had at your own.
0: I wish there was a way for me to print on demand at the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because I am so terrible at predicting what people are going to want. Even from like I'll post everything on Instagram. Like I'm going to have all of this and that does not register to anything when it comes to sales. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm like, "Uh, I'll just bring a few of these. And of course that's the one everybody's asking for. So that's something I have to figure out either just bringing more of everything and sort of biting the bullet and just, (laughs) <laughs> taking a hit if it doesn't sell yeah um or, or i don't know trying to be a little bit more strategic about that other than that like just talking to people is huge you know mm-hmm. and um it seems to be a big part of designer con um more it's like less i don't know i think of comic con as so grabby you know like gotta get here and get the thing and get in line and yep get it signed and here it seems much more casual and talk to the artist and and uh, it can be exhausting, but I think uh, that's that really helps. How well, you do I think that's days. one of
1: the the benefits of DesignerCon or one of the things that kind of sets it apart from Comic-Con. Like you said, mm-hmm. a lot of the booths are the actual artists. that mm-hmm. It's like the individual contributing artists or like independent artists that are actually at the booth. It's not these big brands. Like Comic-Con is mostly, they do have like their artist alley and some artists that have their own booths, but it's, Mm-hmm. For the most part, it's like industry companies. So you'll, they'll have a yeah. Star Wars booth or, you know, NECA Toys is there and all these different big brands and not as many individual artists. So it is really cool to be able to go to DesignerCon and actually connect with the person who's, you know, actually making the art.
0: Yeah. Like to me, like... DesignerCon feels like a farmer's market, <laughs> you know, like small. But in like, the most positive way. Yeah, no, definitely. But it's like that. Like it's kind of charming, you know, like to me, going to something like Comic-Con, it feels like you're setting up a little table inside a mall, you know, and like you're competing with Macy's and Nordstrom's. Yeah. Uh, and you have like three things on a table. Um, so that's why this one, everyone's about the same. I mean, there are definitely a range of sort of quality of booths and products and things like that. But there's no big like oh you know my booth was in the shadow of Thor's hammer so nobody came or you know like that it doesn't overshadow everything else at that convention so yeah so that's why i like it but um
1: did you have a chance to actually walk around the, I did. the convention that much
0: yeah so since i'm not the only one at my booth there's you know there were like 5 of us this time especially on sunday there was some time where i was able to uh, walk around but i did just sort of like run to specific booths i didn't have a lot of time to just sort of slowly mm-hmm. walk around and check everything out. But, um, I did, you know, the best thing I did was, uh, I got there early Sunday morning before it was open and I just walked around and tried to look at, um, you know, where everybody was so I could just go dashing back over to these specific booths. Yeah. Uh, before I the got, crowds came
1: in. <laughs> I got there a little earlier on uh, Sunday too, but because like you just said, you couldn't predict which prints were going to sell. I had yeah. printed a bunch of the, Like I had extra prints printed of the Tasty Real Estate Show, but I didn't trim them all the way to size. So I had them like, you know, ready to go with crop marks on them. And because I couldn't predict which ones were going to go, I had to I was on my knees in the booth like the hour prior just trimming prints that we sold out of the day before.
0: Oh, my gosh. So what do do you use to trim? Though Are you using a a paper cutter or like a straight edge or
1: I'm an idiot? I do everything the hard way. I do a straight edge and a razor, so every single tr- print is literally by hand, like the most like literal sense of that term is by hand.
0: <laughs> Just mark on a floor with a rock. Yep. <laughs> Just using That's my crazy. teeth
1: and pulling the paper across. <laughs>
0: Uh, so were there any surprises for you as far as what sold? Like did, uh, was there, I mean, you don't have to say specifically because, you know, we don't want to hurt feelings <laughs> or anything. But uh, well, I mean, did, in general, was there a piece of merchandise that did uh, you know, particularly there, well?
1: It was, I thought there was going to be some prints that sold really well, but just mm-hmm. across the board, it was, there wasn't Pretty any even? one that yeah. like kind of stole the show. I think we sold a, So our whole cat bike back catalog was available to to purchase and to check out. And I don't think there was like we had a pretty even amount of prints that were sold throughout the whole weekend. There wasn't any Mm -hmm. one that was like by far sold more than the others.
0: Uh, How did uh, pins do? Were pins still hot for you? Yeah,
1: by far. That was like because it's so I was thinking about this afterwards and I should have done better prepping for this for this the for decon yes um but there's you know there's categories that as a seller even if you're an individual artist or a vendor or you know what we are kind of like a gallery Mm -hmm. you've got to keep in mind that there's these different price points and Mm -hmm. we had like the 10 to 20 dollar price range which is the pins and like small prints Mm -hmm. and then 20 to maybe 30 to 40 dollars are like the larger size prints or like the prints that are on fancier paper and then the like screen printed posters are 40 plus, but we didn't have that 0 to $10 range, which is like the really bite-sized print or price yeah. point. Yeah. So we sold a lot of p- pins because it was just the entry, uh, like the lowest uh, entry right. point. I want to... Either maybe consider doing patches or like a sticker pack for our next convention because that can Mm -hmm. that's easy to move at like maybe five to eight dollars. Do a sticker pack or a, a single patch, um, but yeah, so pins did really well. Um, I think just because I think now that this pop culture art has been a thing for 10 plus or 10, give or take years. People who are interested in this are filling their wall space, myself included. Mm -hmm. So now that pins have become a thing, it's a lot easier to just switch out a pin on your jacket or your sweatshirt or wherever you put them and not have to worry about a really big investment and Mm -hmm. having to to run out of real estate on where you're going to put this stuff.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if it's just specifically for designer con, uh, because I don't do other shows where I can gauge against, you know, yeah. what, what sells. But, uh, I found this year too, one, uh, yes, a lot of the, um, people were wanting lower price point things. And I think you're right because of the size thing, or just because it's not a crazy collector show in no, the sense that they don't, they don't kind of care if it's limited to five or, you know what I mean? Like they don't, they're not looking for it in those terms. Uh, it seems to be more like, do they like the thing? Uh, yeah. And then um, and then a lot more this year I heard was uh, gifts. Like people were really looking for interesting gifts to give for Christmas. Um, and yeah. I didn't hear that as much last year, but it makes sense. I mean, the timing is certainly right. So, um, yeah,
1: no, it definitely is. And th- so this is something I don't know if, I mean, all right, I'm just going to go for it. I don't know what oh, I'm geez. trying to, how I'm trying to preface this. Yeah, don't preface. Um, <laughs> so, because I come from a print world, like I have a, a pretty extensive print background, quality on the prints m- means a, a lot to me. So, mm-hmm. I, all of our prints are high quality, like, this is a stupid term, but museum grade G-Clay right. prints, um, which I put a lot of effort in making sure that all these prints, you know, are super high quality and just the best that I can do. And I don't know if people, the average consumer really cares So because of that, I have to drive the price point on a lot of these prints up to make sure that that, just because it's expensive to do this G-Clay printing, but I don't know, like, I might have to consider if people aren't interested in the, like, overall super high quality, they just want a decent-looking print at an affordable price, you know, I've got to start considering that if people are really interested in getting one versus the other or if it really matters...
0: I it's hard to say. Yeah. We've been talking about this, I think, on on just about every episode from the beginning of this podcast. But I do think there is a movement towards smaller things, just like you said. And, And I think that has to. So maybe the quality can stay the same, but it's a much smaller thing. And then it's like volume as opposed to just, you know, selling 10 at $50. You're selling 100 of them at two bucks, whatever, you know, like, yeah. it seems like that seems to be for this show specifically, but you know, this is, again, it's different. I think that the mindset is different coming to something like the designer con than it is going to like gallery 1988 or, or nucleus or something where you're getting, you know, hardcore collectors or, or flippers that are, <laughs> that are yeah. trying to get these prints, you know? Um, so I think it's a very different kind of demand, which, I mean, that makes sense with this show, I think, cause it is, I don't know, that seems to be the feel of it. It's Mm -hmm. like if you went to a holiday boutique or something like that, you're not going to be like, oh, I only crocheted, you know, 10 of these. So they're $300 each. People would be like, oh, I don't care. It's not that cute. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so. It's
1: funny you you say that because I had my paper pieces up there and it's literally, you know, I just do the one. And that was pretty much the response I got on mine. it's yeah. like oh this is really cool and then as soon as I throw the price out there it's like it's not that cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. So
0: so it seems like the gift pr- price point w- was kind of key this year because even I heard from a lot of people uh, who I talked to who when I walked around and uh, talked to the artists that we knew like everyone was saying like these little things did well. Like patches patches yeah. seem to be coming into play quite a bit uh, well, at that that lower price point.
1: I think that's why pins are doing well too because it's it's such a bite-sized size like literal yeah. size it's a great stocking stuffer item and i mean you can get a handful of them for affordable price too and you know mm-hmm. give that like five as a gift and yeah you're done so
0: well yeah, yeah i think that uh, yeah pins fall right into that category i just i want to do i don't like pins uh from a production standpoint <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, because you have to, I, I can't make a pin at my house. Like, I have to send them Oh, out yeah. And, I know what you, you mean. You know, there's a big production lineup of that. And then, you know, if one pin doesn't sell, you're stuck with a bag of 100 pins. And, yep. <laughs> it, it, so that seems more tragic than just having a bunch of, you know, five by seven prints that, that didn't sell. Um, right. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm leaning towards figuring that out for next year. Maybe we'll have some interesting things next year. I know we've been talking about some different smaller. Yeah, smaller size thing. So maybe next we'll, year we'll have to start. We'll I mean, we see. literally have to start now. I feel like. Yeah,
1: no, I, I totally agree. I think it's the only way to get have the opportunity or even stand a chance to have everything lined up and ready to go.
0: So, from what you did get to see when you weren't at your booth, did you notice any new trends, sort of like pins or, or patches that uh, that were new this year uh, that you didn't see in previous years?
1: So this is going to be a terrible answer because. No. Because <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's, and it's not because there wasn't anything out there. It's just, I. so I made one trip because a, a vendor from another booth bought something mm-hmm. um, and like I had, we were so swamped. He's like, oh, you know, he understood being busy. He's like, oh, just give it to me later. So I got his booth number and I went to hand deliver it to him and then I just came straight back. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have the opportunity to look around. I did so, all right, <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that question and go on to mine now. So my turn, Jared. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> uh, but Well, it prompted me to, it reminded me of something. So at, when I did make that delivery on my way back, um, yeah. there's a couple of artists that worked with Threadless before that I'm familiar with. Uh, and he had this, so this is the one purchase that I made at uh, Con, And I'm going to ask you if you bought anything after I mm. finish this little rant. That's fine. Um, But it was a, of course, it's a Ninja Turtles thing. It was a fat Mikey. So it was like, a. he does this series called Little Chunkies. His -hmm. name's Alex Solis, and he used to be a Threadless artist, like I said. But I saw his booth, and I recognized his little logo. So I stopped by, and I looked at all this stuff. And he had this fat Mikey vinyl figure where it's literally just a fat Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. And he's standing over a skateboard that he's cracked in half because he's so fat. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that's the, that's the one thing that I bought.
0: How much uh, was that?
1: Uh, it
0: was $80. Wow. So you're countering our lower price point. Discussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for me, I'm,
1: I, I, I don't know. I'm not as interested in collecting the stickers and stuff. Like I want the bigger right, ticket right. items. I want the screen printed posters and I want the, the limited edition stuff and like the vinyl toys yeah, um, no, you're I'm, a collector. Yeah. yeah, I'm the collector side. Yeah, so anyways, I saw that and was totally interested. Um, another thing that I didn't find out until after the fact, uh, I think early Sunday, there was another artist who was kind of running around the booths, and I recognized his face, um, but I didn't like putting two and two together until we started talking. So he's mm-hmm. an illustrator that does a lot of Michael Jackson-related illustrations and art, mm-hmm. and I'm a big Michael Jackson fan. I actually have one of his shirts that's like an evolution of Michael Jackson from thriller. So from like human Michael to werewolf.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Uh,
1: anyways, he at his booth had a Michael Jackson action figure of like, so his artwork translated into a Michael Jackson action figure, Hmm. but it sold out. So what, like once he told me like, like, Oh my God, that's so cool. I have to have one. He's like, Oh, sorry. We sold out. But, um, (laughs) those were the two things that I would have, like gone out of my way for to get, had I known prior, I think the fat Mikey was actually the last one that they had. Hmm. Um, so I got lucky with that one, but unfortunately I missed out on that. Michael Jackson.
0: So did you know about the fat Mikey before the show or no? Did you just, well, oh, so you just-
1: I was familiar with his work and mm-hmm. I'm sure you know who he is. He had, he's done the, the series. I don't know if it was at 1988 or another gallery, but he did a show where it's pop culture icons where there it's unmasked, so like one villain is inside another similar villain. So they had one where it was like Raphael was the exterior, but it's inside is Squirtle. So Raphael is Squirtle wearing a mask. Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. I'll show it to you. I'm positive you've seen his um, what do you call it? his th- this series? But anyways, he does he has several series, and I was familiar with the f- chunkies, little chunkies. But I didn't know that he made it into like a vinyl toy mm-hmm. uh, series or anything.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear a lot about, vi- I mean, I'm not a big vinyl toy collector. I like, you know, I like them and I you know, I don't follow the news and, and I didn't know what was coming up. But I didn't hear a lot about vinyl toys this, uh, this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't follow that either. It's not something that I'm actively interested in. But, you know, like I said, if I come across something that I like, I'm going to get it. But I don't mm-hmm. really follow like the, I don't know what's trending and what's happening within that vinyl toy world.
0: Yeah, because I didn't. I mean, I think I was so preoccupied with getting ready for my stuff that I didn't look to see what was going to be exclusive or what was going to be like. I didn't hear a yeah, lot I, of buzz beforehand of like what people did were lining I. up for. Uh, and yeah. I know there were some things because there were some crazy lines for for stuff.
1: Oh my god, I was surprised um, that. Like, so Decon is a, it's a pretty popular show, but I was not expecting day one. The line was like wrapped around the convention building. That was crazy Mm -hmm. to me. Like, I don't remember it being that intense last year. I remember there being a line, but I don't remember it being that long.
0: Well, so yeah, Saturday this year was insane. Like it just like from the nine o'clock to 10 was kind of uh, okay. Like it was busy, but that's the VIP hour. Um, right. But once it hit 10 o'clock, it was like instantly packed a- and it didn't relent uh, no. for like a good three hours nuts. at least. Yeah. But like last year, I can't remember. I don't remember since we're not attending it. Like, I don't remember the lines being that long, but I wasn't outside. Mm. So I don't know. But this yeah. year, everyone was kind of mentioning it, that they had to wait an hour to get in. Uh, even if you had pre-purchased your tickets online online. Um, that it was taking a long time to just get in the building
1: yeah i remember like before i started like having my own booth i went a few years ago and Mm. i remember like just walking up in the afternoon and coming in no problem it's right crazy how much growth it's had over the past few years
0: that's what i did too like i would come at like i don't know noon or something you know like i didn't show up right when it opened um but this year i mean and they did do a lot of uh uh, giveaways this year. So like Sunday morning, I don't know about Saturday, but Sunday they gave out that huge plush. Yeah, I the- <laughs> was surprised
1: that like as a door, like an entry giveaway or free gift, it was pretty legit.
0: Yeah, it was a big plush and then a, like a hat, like a squid hat. Yeah, or I think,
1: I mean, I'm sure it was limited to like a hundred or a couple hundred maybe. So it wasn't like everybody that came that day got one. But the first, however many people, they, they had the opportunity to get some weird squid hat or um like a little nerdy panda uh plushie
0: it was what was his name it was something Uh, oh it was so yes bartholomew (laughs) punchy face (laughs) it was the saddest name well it was like a nerd like it was a little nerd it was like a panda
1: nerd that had glasses on and he was literally shedding tears the panda was crying and you could like – he had a little underwear in the back so you can
0: give him a wedgie. And it was like a kick-me sign or something yeah, on his back. Yeah, it was the saddest or, little thing. Little sad nerd bear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but I thought – I was cool. pretty impressed by that. I I felt like that's how I know I'm, I'm maturing as a collector. Like I happened to be out there right when they opened the doors and I could have grabbed one. I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. And then I'm like, well, what am I going to do with that? You know, it's like, <laughs> I'll put yeah. it on like the guest room bed or something and then it'll end up in a box and then I <laughs> yep just so bypass like,
1: that whole process. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly um, <laughs> But yeah, I was pretty impressed by that. That was a substantial giveaway. Um, so
1: another thing that happened this weekend over the or over the convention that I was completely surprised about you know we've been doing the podcast for like almost six months now. I mean in a weird way it doesn't it still feels pretty new but we yes. are it's been kind of a while um yeah. and I always kind of underestimate what it is and that people actually are listening to us right now mm-hmm. right. but it was nice to see that we actually had fans of the show at DesignerCon and they came t- specifically to meet uh, me and you at our you know respective booths so that was it was really cool to kind most, of most in- mostly me but yeah
0: sure we'll, th- we'll put you in there.
1: <laughs> I got a couple. Um, yeah. <laughs> well I think because it's my booth was Squared Co. Yeah they came definitely. and they're like hey is was, where's Jared? Isn't he yeah. part of this? So like they they just started with me looking for you and then quickly mm-hmm. left.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: uh, but no it was re- it was I was surprised that it wasn't just one person that happened to come by. It was a decent number of people that had listened and were saying nice things about the show so uh thank if you're listening to this and you stop by thank you so much it really meant a lot to me i don't know about jared but it's <laughs> <laughs> it, it was nice to know that people are actually listening and kind of care so, we even got you. cookies yes so like a, a
0: big two big bags <laughs> of cookies
1: there was a nice uh mother-daughter combo That came by, one of them was actually wearing your Kingdom of Cute backpack. Yeah, yeah. And they came Saturday. Uh, We spent some time talking to them and they came back Sunday. I think because we talk about cookies on more than one occasion on the podcast, Mm -hmm. they knew. And (laughs) she was... A, a very good listener because she did not bring me any raisins in my cookies. So thank that's right. you for that. I really yes. appreciate it. Otherwise Jared would have been eating all of those.
0: That's right. They were very kind because <laughs> the funny thing is that they said, like you said, they were there both Saturday and Sunday and they left Saturday, went home and made those cookies <laughs> and brought them back the uh, next day, which is so very nice of them. So that's yeah. very nice. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh people brought me a lot of stuff this time. It was very nice. Like, I, I I don't know about you, but like when you get people coming to your booth and if they bring you something or if they're your friend or they're, you know, like an artist you admire and like they go to buy something, I always feel like I should just give it to them. You know? <laughs> oh, I know. So, so
1: luckily I came prepared kind of, I had like, so we have squared co pins now. Right. And I've got a bunch of other like miscellaneous, stuff that we've done with Snopus over the years that we have extra of i think i gave you a little stack of your princess bride stickers mm-hmm, yeah. so we had some of those and some lord of the Rings stickers and then like a pan's labyrinth cutout face so if you came and said that you were a fan or you you know you're familiar with the show i tried mm-hmm. to give you those people like extra things so if they did buy something i didn't feel so bad like not giving it away i gave them something so right. I think that's a good
0: idea. I think I'm going to have to make something strategic for that. Yeah, next just year have
1: some little freebies for those specific uh, people that, that come by.
0: Yeah. Cause that was, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. A, <laughs> <laughs> like, especially ball, if I know Jared. people really well, you know, like you, you feel like, Oh gosh, you don't have to, don't oh, buy I it here. I'll like, just, uh,
1: Gabe Barletta, who actually did my DuckTales print or the mm-hmm. Squidco DuckTales print. He came by and, um, bought something and I, yeah, it's the same thing. I'm like, you know, you've done work for us. Yeah. Uh, we're actually friends and like, I don't know, it's just <laughs> an awkward exchange, like taking money from people.
0: Well then sometimes that you do you, that you know. like, yeah, <laughs> especially when it's other artists specifically, like I feel like, uh, like I we're know. in I it think,
1: together or something like we should, well, need- <laughs> yeah, but then you,
0: I don't want them to ever feel like they, they should feel pressure to buy something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's silly. Uh, but like, a, like, I think if I do have something ready to, to give away or to hand out, I think that's probably the best. Well, now approach. people
1: are just going to be come up and be like, Hey, I'm an artist. So well, that,
0: that assumes that I actually <laughs> did give it away. I'm just saying I felt like I should give it away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Doesn't mean that um, he's going to change his ways.
0: So were there any surprises for you as far as people you saw? Like I saw some people that I have not seen in like literally like 10 15 years, like just out uh, of, the I don't know
1: about like surprises like that. Um, Shag came to our booth, which was nice. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Um, that so when I, was
0: that? Why wasn't I there when that happened?
1: <laughs> Actually, well, you got to spend a little bit of time with him at D23, right? Yes, I did. I did. So this yeah. was my turn, Jared. Oh, I see. I see. He was um, supposed to, he said he's supposed to come Saturday, but he was like, uh, we had Club Thirty Three reservations, so I decided to not come to the sat- to decon on Saturday. I was like, "Yeah, that, that makes sense."
0: Was he just walking around?
1: Um, so he was there with his kids. Um, yeah, just walking around from from booth to booth. I'm sure. Obviously, he's a big name, and people probably recognize him. But he probably mm-hmm. goes there to kind of you know see his own friends as well, because I'm sure a lot of people uh, that have booths are. You know, artist friends with him, so he's going yeah, oh, to show support sure. as well.
0: Yeah, that's very nice because he is such a nice guy. Like just a kind of soft spoken and yeah, um, but just a really nice guy.
1: I didn't see him, but I saw a bunch of pictures and I heard a lot of buzz about Flavor Flav being in the building.
0: Flavor Flav was there. Um, Matt Gr- <laughs> Matt Graining was there. Um, I
1: wouldn't I, even know what he looks like.
0: Oh, really? I would. Ra- you know. I. When I see pictures of him, I'm, I recognize that that's him. But I think if he was just walking around, I wouldn't pick walking him out around. of a crowd. Yeah, um, I didn't see any famous people, but I just heard the rumors. So um, I guess I'll have answer, to. Jared. I know boring, I'll have to be better about that next answer. time because <laughs> I don't know. You're so distracted though, aren't you? Like it's so so yeah. So this, busy,
1: especially so for our booth. I, so one of the critiques I'll give myself on the booth is like I, I think the walls is a great idea. It's an easy way to showcase a lot of work. And it if you do it the right way, it can look really clean and kind of like a little mini gallery, which is what the whole purpose was.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: because in a 10 by 10 space, it's not that big. Mm-hmm. And if you put walls up, you know, if I was thinking about this when I had a chance to run around and come back. Like, I was in a swarm of people. Yeah. On one side, it's just like a bare wooden wall. So, you can't really see into the booth. You really only have maybe three to five steps of... If you're looking in my booth's direction, you'll see it and maybe want to go in. But if for those three to five steps, you're looking across on the other side of the aisle, you miss it completely. So um i've got to figure out a way to like yeah
0: i was thinking about that too like you one you need a bigger booth you need at least two of those spaces i think and then maybe an l as opposed to opposite sides where you can be off to the side so i thought um,
1: about the l but the i mean even the way it was set up now like it would be awkward where you put the table that was my only concern with doing the l this year um well
0: It's hard because your table separated the art, right? So you were either on one side or the other, and you were sort of blocking that thing. Like, I feel like you guys need to be more separate from the art so you're not kind of in the way. Yeah,
1: that's why I think a multiple or bigger booth space would... Yeah. Like, the the idea is solid. It's just... It was difficult to do in in a 10 by 10 booth space. Mm -hmm. Um, So either, like, have something on an an end cap. Like, um, you know, we, we did the character cutout, so maybe do a larger character cutout on the end so you get drawn to the character and then you check out the booth. Um, Or if it's more open, like two or three booth spaces, hopefully it'll, you'll be able to, something will be able to catch your attention as you're walking by. But yeah, that was the only real critique of my own booth that I had. Otherwise, (laughs) I think it went pretty well.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, The only thing I would get intimidated by your booth is like you really have to uh, walk into your booth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know well, you can't kind if it's, of if it's bigger you
1: won't feel like so claustrophobic yeah. or like you have to make that decision to like enter
0: right because it didn't take much for your booth to feel uh busy which i think still works for you but yeah. um well it's like, like definitely
1: a good or bad thing because if there's a crowd people are like oh just you know, walk something, by or something well it's either oh, that oh, yeah yeah Or, oh, something cool is going on here. So, yeah, it definitely could go either way, though.
0: So did you think you learned a lot again this year as to what you would bring next year as far as merchandise? Or do you think it's pretty much every year could be a different thing? Because I... I brought some stuff. I've had some stuff for like two years that I've shown, and for some reason, this year it sold, but the previous two years it did not. <laughs> so I think I'm more baffled uh, than ever before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I've, I mean, especially if I want to continue the gallery side of Squared Co, like I've got to figure out a better way of gauging what people are interested mm-hmm. in purchasing. Not that I'm like terrible at it, but there are some things that. Didn't move as well as I was hoping or I thought would. So it's it's definitely difficult. One of the things that I did learn... Uh, and you don't really have this issue because you don't have things up on walls. You have mm-hmm. the little on-display flipbook, So that's, that's how they engage with your product. Right. For me, I think if you do have walls and art on display, that's all that they think is available for purchase. So we had a little flip rack that had all of the prints in it. And people like if they saw something they liked they would do it just as an exercise but it for some reason even if they saw it in the flip rack it it's like it didn't exist to them so if it's on the walls it'll sell but for some reason the flip book they just did not it, they were either uninterested or there's some sort of disconnect there so oh, I
0: i think it's very much like a Like a, I don't know if it's a tactile thing because you don't necessarily have to touch it, but I think they want to see how big it is as opposed to just reading the dimensions and and Mm -hmm. you know getting a sense of it because it is a big difference if you see it on the on the wall or even if it's framed as opposed to just a stack of prints or something. Yeah. Um, So I I, again, I think it is difficult to get people to even flip. Um, So that's really my big challenge is how do you display the maximum amount of work without it just looking like a mess? You know, without it. Yeah. I think but, next um,
1: year I've got to curate what is a, I bring. Because mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it, it's difficult to tell what, what we'll sell. But again, like I said, for some reason, if, if it wasn't on the wall, like we didn't really sell anything that wasn't on the wall. I mean, there's I I, this th- is only our second year doing it. So there's definitely, I think each year, even if we continue doing this for years, uh, we'll always learn something new every single time.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. But you just kind of, I don't know. You want to feel like you're <laughs> learning lessons. But who knows? Maybe you can't. Like, <laughs> so this year they announced that it's going to be in Anaheim next year. Right. Um, which is a huge change, I think, uh, for, for Oh, this, totally. I mean, yeah. It's like if Comic-Con said they're moving, you know, leaving San Diego. Because I feel like DesignerCon is so associated with this location that. Um,
1: well, it's, it's, it's been it's, there for like 10 15 years it's been there for a long time
0: i think like just over 10 right i think it was yeah. like 2006 or something when it was the vinyl toy thing i don't know
1: yeah i know they started with like designer toys but yeah mm-hmm. anyways it's being there for 10 plus years whatever the event is you definitely get associated with the venue yeah so it's, an, it's an interesting move or decision to have them move i, I mean it makes sense because they're growing so much mm-hmm. that they at some point you've got to either decide like all right we're never going to move and we're gonna just stay here no matter what or you know we want this to grow so let's see what happens if we go to a bigger venue but there's definitely some I don't know it'll it'll be different and definitely adjustment how do you feel about uh, going to Anaheim for the Decon next year
0: I mean uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my initial thought is like, that's too bad. Like, I feel like it's one of those inevitable changes. I mean, who knows? It could be a disaster next year and they say, okay, we're going back to Pasadena. Mm -hmm. Um, Who knows? But there's something that makes that for some reason feel a little more mainstream and now this yes. isn't this is so big now that it would be silly to say oh it's some underground convention mm-hmm. um but that seems to somehow officially put the stamp on it like we're big now uh, yeah. moving to a much bigger space moving across the street from disneyland which you know i think for me has its advantages um but i think it changes the the flavor and the feel of the whole thing in a. Uh, would you
1: say the yeah. changes the flavor flave?
0: It definitely changes the flavor <laughs> uh but you know, and that's not to say that's all bad. But I think it can't help but be different than than what we've uh, what we've seen yeah. in the past. So many. Years. I,
1: I mean, I definitely agree. I think it's gonna. It was, so, for me, what I really like about Designer Con as it stands now uh, is that some of the things we already mentioned that it feels very. I mean, I think you just said like homegrown and that you have that mm-hmm. connection to the actual artist and the creative. I think if you go to a bigger venue like that and specifically Anaheim, it's going to attract actual brands mm-hmm. and they may start it may start kind of turning into a bigger Convention like, not that it will become as big as Comic Con, but it will attract big brands like Comic Con does because the venue is so large. So we may start seeing like Funko exhibiting there or, you know, any other big name brands. So right now, I mean, so Johnny Cupcakes was there this year and mm-hmm. they're a big brand, but they're like a big little brand, mm-hmm. you know? It's, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely, I've, I think that that would be something that's like a change that will inevitably come if they continue growing and especially with this venue change?
0: So, I mean, I find it difficult to believe that some of these bigger companies have not been interested in DesignerCon these past years. So I don't know if it's DesignerCon uh, purposely keeping it small. So that's I think that's why the blessing of bigger space and then a pressure to fill, fill more space and to sort of undercut costs a little... If that mm-hmm. alone will be sort of like, OK, well, we didn't invite these people before, but maybe we should look into that this year. And again, yeah. I don't I have no idea how this works for them. But, oh, no. yeah. you know, but it seems like um, because, again, everything about designer count has been relatively small. Ten dollar tickets, fifteen dollars for the weekend. Yeah. And, and the, that's, bo- the I booth love costs, about Yeah, are yeah. completely low. Um, So I think everyone's a little worried that everything's just going to have to go up next year. And that would be sort of unfortunate.
1: Yeah. And then even like the logistics um, for setting up booths and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, we're not going to get into it, but every convention has its own kind of rules. The the cool thing about DesignerCon, it's like you get your your 10 by 10 space and you just do however, like whatever you want to do with that space. It's like fair game. We might run into different... Issues. uh, If you go to a specific venue or work with a specific convention, I know that my walls, not every convention would be happy about me bringing my own set of walls. So Mm. it's well, it'll be interesting to see if we're even allowed to do something like that. Or if I do, if it's going to cost, you know, four times as much to right. let them allow me to do something like that.
0: Uh, is that because of like a liability thing? Like some talented artists might trip on your wall stands. Uh,
1: and- <laughs> um, it's probably a little bit of that. I think more so than that, it's complaints from other vendors. So luckily either like both of my like n- booth neighbors were pretty cool about it. My, the neighbor to my right was like, had a little clothing brand Mm-hmm. And he actually used my walls to lean some of his product on. I mean, of course, right. he, he came around and was like, oh, is this OK if I lean this on here? So it was fine. But I think, you know, because these are such large walls and kind of the issue that I said about my own space is that if you walk by, it's kind of blocking the view of your booth. Mm-hmm. So people could complain that, you know, my walls are obnoxious and it's distracting uh, potential clients or customers from Seeing my product, yeah. So I mean, I don't know how much weight a specific individual booth vendor would have, uh, or if you'd have to get approval on what your booth design is going to look like. But yeah, I I don't know. We'll I see. Think-
0: That is exactly the concerns everybody has because nobody knows yet, but everyone's worried that there could be all this stuff that sort of zaps the fun spontaneity of designer con, you know, because now it's like, Oh, here's a thousand more forms you have to fill out. And (laughs) and now there's these added, you know, fees for the location and uh, Uh. that kind of thing. So I think everyone's sort of bracing themselves. uh, Well, yeah.
1: So not to say that like designer con, it doesn't have their stuff together, but, I know when I've applied for other conventions and not been able to get in, like, it's a process. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to sign up multiple forms and, like, it's, yeah, it's it's a bit more involved. And for DesignerCon, it's like you got your form and then maybe, like, a brief questionnaire for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. I think exactly what you said. It's just we don't know what to expect. So people are a little hesitant to jump on board fully.
0: The other thing too is WonderCon is so associated now with Anaheim, though I think that even started somewhere else, didn't it? Didn't that start uh, in a different? Um, um, that wasn't know, always at Anaheim,
1: you know. um, but to I know. Me, I know. Yeah. Sorry, the only thing about WonderCon that I remember is that it wasn't always associated with San Diego Comic Con. Mm. So San Diego Comic Con now, like it's it's New York, San Diego. They have Ape, mm-hmm. I think. Or they used to have Ape yeah. in San Francisco and then WonderCon. So that's like their their brand is those four or five different conventions. But I think WonderCon was absorbed by them later. I don't yeah. remember if they – they might have been at L.A. Convention Center, moved to Anaheim, uh, but I don't remember the I
0: mean, industry. I know there was a whole history. I think it started in San Francisco, actually, and I could be completely wrong. Oh, but then
1: it, you know what? I think Ape turned into WonderCon. Is that what it was? I think So, no. I, don't so know. I think
0: they still do Ape. Um, I did well, go to Ape years to... ago. That was like really homegrown. Did you ever? Did you ever? Long right
1: now and look up oh, if great. Ape still exists.
0: I thought it did. I haven't kept up with that though, because that one when I went was really comic booky.
1: So here we go. Official Comic Con website. They've got Comic Con San Diego, WonderCon. Anaheim and and toucan. I have no idea what toucan is. Toucan. That's another thing.
0: Like T O U C A N or
1: oh, so toucan's the official blog, but it looks like Comic Con San Diego and WonderCon are the only things. So I think Ape did turn into Wondercron.
0: Wondercron.
1: Cron. Cron. Hey, it's been a long weekend, Jared. I and know. I'm not, I'm not good at talking as it is, so...
0: You you have to be much better next year because you were such a grumpo-stumpo this year. <laughs> like, you showed no. up looking like death Sunday morning. Oh, now, no, you were fine lo- for the customers, but you were just...
1: <laughs> I looked awful, Um, yeah, and that's <laughs> just because I pushed everything off to the last minute in, like, the yes. this past week. I don't think I've gotten more than, like four or five hours of sleep a night. So I'm running yeah. on fumes. And Saturday, we stayed up late because um, we went out to dinner with the the Clarks and oh, his, yes. and Lulander. Um, it
0: was nice no, to meet him. That was a surprise. I'm glad we got to hang out with him and hear his story. I think we should have him on the show because he's got some good Muppet tales. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would be great. Um, but yeah, I had a great time with them, but it was just a late night and then an early morning and
0: what was the name was of that place we went to? Cause that was uh, terrible.
1: Bar- <laughs> Barney's beanery. Yeah. That it place. basically was a bar. Oh. Um, we probably should have went with just this, like a restaurant setting. That or was
0: like, I mean nothing against the place. It was fine for what it was, but like obviously we were there to sort of chat with these people and it was like a million TVs and they were so loud. Yes, we were like screaming at each other across the table. But the food was good. I, I liked the food actually. Anyway, yes. So, so yeah. Sunday by Sunday morning, Mark looked like hell. Yeah,
1: I think I've. It looks like I've got black eyes. It's just uh, just bags, just big, deep, dark bags. Um. So, all right, before we wrap this Decon episode up, are do you have anything left over from Decon that you're going to uh, have for sale
0: um, coming forward or are available online? You know, most of it sold. Like, I did sell way more than I thought I would this year. So okay, stop showing off, Jerry. I mean, I didn't bring that much, <laughs> but, like, I um, – so it's kind of picked over. I, I don't know that what I have left is something that would be worth selling online. I'm going to look at what I have and see um, – see what, but that's going to take a lot of work because I got to set up the site for that and everything. So I'll post when I, if when, and if I decide to sell off what was left, but um, I don't know at this point, I'm starting to think it's better to just hold on to it and just, just bring it back next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like I did mini prints and I found that it's uh, like, instead of doing a limited edition, I just say, I just bring these things to designer con so they could come back the next year if we run out. Um, But that, makes it something that you have to, the minute you start selling these things online, people think, well, I'll just buy it online.
1: Yeah. You know, I had kind of an issue with that is people were asking like, Oh, are you online too? And it's like, we are, but we're here right now. <laughs> like yeah, we're doing this face to face. Well, one, like you can just take it with you. Not have to worry about it. And two, it may not be available online, online later. So that's, but I know
0: People hated uh, carrying the prints. Like no one wanted to carry the prints, and I did hold some for some people while they looked around. Yeah, I came, did that for a couple too. They came right a, right away in the morning, uh, and that always makes me nervous that something's going to happen to it in the meantime. You know.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I was nice and offered bags for them to put it in. I don't. Well, know I mean, how, I had the you're that nice.
0: I had the plastic <laughs> sheets, but not. I mean, you know, and you can't roll these things anymore. Like. Yeah. It'll just get destroyed. So it is difficult to walk that whole floor and uh, carry these big, you know, prints. So Yeah,
1: and I think uh, people that don't go to cons regularly or don't, mm-hmm. like, buy art specifically, they're not prepared for that. There, I had some customers uh, that came up and had, like, their own bags specifically to put right the art in or, and they had like poster tubes if they were to get a poster. So some yeah. people came like super prepared.
0: Oh, definitely. And others like,
1: were like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Can you, some people brought here? those
0: like art portfolios, you yeah, know, where you can slide just them in. stick things in. Um, but I find that I, I like to do stuff specifically for de- designer cons just to avoid that whole, I'll, you know, like I'll look online later because I think that's hard to get people to actually do it. Um, yeah. and then have you have kind to- of want to create an urgency that, right have to come to this place to get this thing yeah
1: i i think i'll have to play with that idea too maybe have some decon like real decon exclusives that'll never be available elsewhere so we had some decon releases um that we said were exclusives and now i'm not sure we might we might actually just wait till next year um i don't know we'll see but thank you for asking what i'm gonna do with the prints. Jared. Um, (laughs) Now,
0: are you going to sell your prints online, Mark, after I said that? (laughs) Um,
1: So I was planning on it. I think that we'll probably do something. So backtrack a little bit. We're going to do this the first year. We're going to do this in every episode after this through the holiday season. You're going to hear this little pitch. Uh Um, But we're going to do our first mystery tube sale. So it's going to be available online uh, if you're listening to this, probably through like mid-December maybe December 15th so you're going to get five mystery prints and three pins so you could get some of the decon exclusives and you might get some princess bride art or you might get some alien what? stuff whatever's from the catalog so
0: um uh, did uh do you have a price for this set yet or is that still to yes so it'll
1: be fifty dollars including shipping hmm so that's pretty good. Um, and that's that'll be a good deal. gift.
0: Like if you know, like a collector person who wants some original art, well, not original art, but like prints. Um,
1: yeah. So um, we'll, I'll make posts for this. And like I said, we'll be blasting this throughout the, uh, the next month or so. So yeah, it's a great opportunity for some gifts for people that like pop culture and original art, like Jared was saying. So yeah, um, look out for that.
0: I do need to ask you, and you probably might have to edit this out, but did you pick a winner from our comments section? Because we did get some new iTunes reviews, I believe.
1: Oh, I was going to ask you to pick. So, Jared, did you pick somebody for the uh, iTunes review?
0: Uh, <laughs> of course I did, but I will announce it on the next episode. <laughs> but we didn't even say what the prize was yet either, right? So,
1: Well, we should- so for this one, we didn't have our stuff together, but it's basically a, a miscellaneous bunch of squared co and creepy company pins and stickers.
0: Okay. Uh, pins and stickers, uh, no prints or anything like that. Or who knows? Uh, if
1: you want to get crazy, we can throw some prints in there. But okay. Okay. So knows? I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> we,
0: we were so busy. We didn't really prepare for this, even though we said we would. Um, so, so we'll, I'll we'll, read announce it on the next one. Yeah. In the next episode, we'll, we'll talk about the winner of that. Um, and I think that's it. So uh, did you remember the dates for next year for DesignerCon? It is going to be at Anaheim Convention Center right across the street from Disneyland. So put it on your calendar now. I forgot the dates. <laughs> so I think it's eight.
1: November 16th through the 18th. So, well, oh, it yeah, three It's three days. Thing. Yeah, yeah. we didn't mention it's going to be three-day convention. Uh, which which is, is
0: grueling. Yeah, so, I, Yeah.
1: It, it's <laughs> November 16th, 17th, and 18th next year. Okay, great. Yeah.
0: Oh, gosh. I don't know how we're going to do that. You're going to need a lot of booth help. You're going to have to hire some people, I think, (laughs) because three days, man, by Sunday afternoon, I was done. I was ready to be done.
1: If I start planning now, hopefully I'll uh, not be as tired. I'll have everything ready, actually prepped and ready beforehand and I'll just show up uh, for the show
0: right uh and also before we go we were on the master of one podcast uh one of the last episodes that they did um i I don't know if it was let's see when will this air this week so it was last week right that popped up yep yeah so head on over there and you can hear mark and i be ridiculous and eat cookies and i don't think we talked about that much yet but um (laughs) uh, go take a listen to that if you can
1: yeah so we'll leave i think we mentioned this in our last episode too the that we're on their show but um I did not leave a link in the last one. I'll leave a link to the... You can watch it, actually, on YouTube mm-hmm. um, or listen to it on iTunes. So I'll leave links to all the Master One stuff in our show notes for this episode. But that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you later. Rain will soon be here. I'll be looking forward to
0: seeing you next year